Welcome to the Queer Chaos. I'm your resident host and hand sanitizer aficionado, John Malitras, otherwise known as Craft Witch on the Instagrams. This marks our first episode, and baby, do I have some things in store for you. So buckle up and let's dive right on in. Well, Better late than never is how I'm kind of feeling about the show right now. So I had every intention of launching this show in July, but as the summer of love goes, I was occupied with all the things. Queer Chaos the Podcast is about embracing queer innovation, creativity, weirdness, failure, and all the wildness happening in and around the margins. Chaos because we're pushing against the heteronormative narratives, and queer, well, because we are and we can. On this show, I'll be inviting fellow queer conspirators to co-host with me, including the fabulous witch Edgar Fabian Frias, and other queerdos and trans folks ranging in topics including queer farming and ecologies, queering therapy and psychedelics and mental health. Art, 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 the paranormal and haunted dolls, virtual technologies that brought the queer right into your living room over this weird-ass time, and so much more. We'll have a recurring segment from Brooklyn-based artist provocateur Dusty Childers called Active Cultures, field reports on the state of culture, and some other shit. And I'm hoping to get your delicious stories of queer failure. You know, shit that didn't quite work out. But you tried it, and we love to hear it. I'm hoping the chaos will allow me to get the show out to you weekly at some point, but for now, it's looking like every other week until I get my own shit together and edit all of these episodes I've created just for you. I've asked the guests to introduce themselves to you so you hear directly from them what they're all about in this moment. And honestly, busy queers don't have time to update their websites, so any information floating out there might not be who they are right now. On this inaugural episode, I'm chatting with the creatives behind the upcoming TV show Spookable, currently in production. This is a queer horror comedy romance centering trans actors, and I love it. I'll be chatting with Marvel A. Rex and Jonathan Andre Colitton. But before that, let's portal over to Dusty to see what the fuck is happening in the world of active cultures. Active cultures. I'm Dusty Childers, a.k.a. Dusty Shoulders, a.k.a. at Duddy Lynn. Okay, so we've come out of this really dull moment, right? I think pre, pre, pre-pandemic, pre-quarantine, it was just such a basic moment. It was just like, oh, elevated basics. What does that even mean, right? What does it even mean to have an elevated basic on? I'm like, oh, like, right. Okay. You're not going to catch me. I mean, every once in a while, you'll catch me if it's like a re- everything else is really loud. Maybe I'll have on like a charcoal gray heathered T-shirt just because or if I'm trying to go cruise a DVD store, like if I'm trying to get some dick, then I'm in an elevated base. I'm in a, in a basic, the most basic thing, because I find that when men are horny, they have way less of an imagination. Right. You know, when they're like oh, I'm here, I'm trying to, like, cruise. It's like, they just really need it fed to them, like, spoon-fed to them, right? Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, this norm core thing was really, really a thing, right? And it was like, oh, everyone's just trying to dress like, and I'm I'm bringing up Seinfeld again because I'm obsessed. Everyone's just trying to dress like Jerry or uh, George or Elaine, even, from Seinfeld. Shout out to to the style of Kramer for being a little bit more jaunty, right? And so maybe we're taking a cue. Maybe it's the evolution of things. But something that that Kramer was very fond of is a floral shirt. 
And I have to tell you, I was out the other night. Have, I was celebrating my dear fairy friend, Photon, a.k.a. Seth Fowler. We were out celebrating his birthday. And every single um, male-identified person at the table was wearing a just a gorgeous uh, sort of all-over print. Not all of them floral, but just a really loud, what we would call a camp shirt. A shirt that is a button front. Normally doesn't have a pocket. Sometimes it does. It's, if it's a dad moment, it's a pocket. But Tommy Bahama would have a pocket on it. Um, Izod would have a pocket on it. But these new ones, and I'm sure you've been seeing them uh, on your Instagram ads. Um, they're, you know, they're taking their, the print and pattern is taking deep inspiration from vintage men's florals right so it's really hard to tell i mean i can tell because of the the construction of it i also have a degree in fashion so i'm not just talking out my neck okay but i can tell by the sort of way it's the way it's stitched if it's a modern or not also the fit your if it's got any kind of a little bit of a stretch to it like a one percent lycra you know it's a modern but the print i mean it's a gag it's like all that all that needs to happen, and I used to do this in in when I worked in children's wear, which was how I paid my my rent for a long time. All you have to do is just have a good pattern designer and just say, "Hey, babe, you know, can you recreate this for me?" And they just take it in and they redraw it, put it in a repeat, and boom, on a on a cotton. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to register those colors and get them gorgeous and crisp. And so there was my friend Jack Jackson. And oddly, um, and then our friend Dom even had on a, uh, you know, and she's she's a fashion icon. She even had on one, and I was like, oh my god, am I like, am I missing the boat here? I don't really wear shirts with buttons for the most part. I will wear a woman's blouse that's like, you know, like a chiffon thing. Like I will do it sometimes if it's like a, you know. I'm feeling I'm, I'm I always have to have a few things in my closet for God forbid I have to show up in court, honey. You know, like you got to have a couple of those looks, right? But I just think it's such an interesting breath of fresh air moment in menswear because it's just like thank fucking God that I'm seeing color up against another color and then there's a swirl or something happening. I'm just like Bring it the fuck on. Like, I'm like, please don't let this end anytime soon. I'm excited to see how it's going to translate into the fall winter. How, how is it going to happen? Is it going to be, you know, because these are short sleeve shirts. And so, you know, and it's a time and place, right? It's like after late September, it's not going to be your zhuzh, you know? Like, I mean, if it's a floral, I mean, you can do, I love this look. You can throw a thermal underneath it and do the, a fear and loathing kind of moment. I'm also seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of bucket hats. I'm seeing a lot of um, sort of like pants that have a little bit more of like a silky hand feel. So it's 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 very much that look up fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Johnny Depp is a genius in that movie. The book is actually very good. It's about doing drugs, which is something that I could write a book about, as it were. Uh, if uh, Penguin Publishing is listening, or actually, actually, uh, Random House, which is where, if I'm not mistaken, was it Random House? Jackie O was a was an editor at I think at Random House. I'm pretty sure. At any rate, if I if I said that wrong, someone's gonna send me an angry letter. Or a strongly worded letter. Letter, dear Dusty, Jackie O worked at Doubleday. I don't remember, but at any rate, could you imagine Jackie O being your editor of your book? I'm obsessed. I love that she had a. I love that she had a career outside of the Michigas that was her life at that moment. You know, she's like, here I am. I've married an Onassis. I'm doing my thing. I'm feeling my zhuzh. Um, There are a lot of things about Jackie O that are fascinating. There's those Studio 54 stories. You can't. Fascinating stuff. Um, I think she went to, like, sex clubs and stuff. She was just, she was a voyeur. And you should be too, folks. Get out there. Put on, you know, if you're not feeling the trend, do something else. If you're still feeling your norm core, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to strongly suggest, 
you know, maybe take a moment and and move on or, you know, get someone to like, um, I don't know, get someone to like do a reverse dye process, take some Clorox to it and like do something cool. Although tie dye is really waning. Um, I still love it. I invested deeply in the tie dye situation because I am always giving wavy gravy uh, moments. And if you know who wavy gravy is, then you're a friend of mine. I'm actually not a Grateful Dead fan, but I do like wavy gravy. Anyways, I digress. Put on something fun, poppy, splashy. You never know, honey. Honey, um, uh, Bezos might run into aliens and they might be like, we hate you. And then they attack us. I mean, anything could happen. So let's go out in style. Now on to our main guests, the creatives behind the upcoming TV show, Spookable. So hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Queer Chaos. The cast and creative people behind Spookable. I'm going to have each of you introduce yourselves for everyone listening, if that's cool. Of course, yes. Uh, my name is Jonathan Andre Culleton. I am a writer-director based in Los Angeles and born in Boston. And I am the co-creator of Spookable. And I am Marvel A. Rex, uh, your resident werewolf. Um, I'm also based in Los Angeles. I am an actor, and as John Jonathan knows, I am basically a professional creature as well. In all yes. sense of the term. Hey, <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, so John, me, and then Jonathan. Yes, yes. yes. I go by both. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So Spookable, I want to hear all about the show. I've um it's been floating around my Instagrams, my environment um for a little while because of this seed and spark fundraiser that you've been doing. Um so I've known about the show for a little while, but I want you to tell everybody about the show. Like give your teaser blurb. Yeah, I did want to start by saying that it is Friday the 13th in which we were recording this, um, yes. and, which is amazing. <laughs> I wanted to preface this so I could give like a little runway for Jonathan as, as he goes oh, to the show. Um, it's Friday the 13th, right on the Queer Chaos podcast, uh, which was Loki coming into the Norse God party of 12 and like really screwing things up. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, <laughs> so I'm going to keep it. Whatever. Fuck you, Cal. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Loki came and fucked everything up at the party, <sighs> created a lot of chaos. And therefore, we have Friday the 13th as well. It is a, your resident astrologer will tell you that it is a Scorpio moon today, which is extra <sighs> queer gothic vibes <sighs> for us as we <sighs> speak about the queer gothic. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to Jonathan because, you know, this idea in a lot of ways began in his brain. Well, it began it really because uh, we'd been working together for a while. So, uh, you know, we had different ideas. And the first idea we really thought of was trans men as werewolves. Now, any trans man that's listening right now will probably tell you that that's sort of part of our lore. That's actually a thing, you know, the obsession with wolves. And it was funny when we even started, you know, just being like, wow, there's so much here already. So, um, you know, basically that's the onus of it. Um, what has become of it now is um, that, uh, you know, we have the story of basically two best friends who are both trans. They go into the woods just on an Airbnb vacation to a, to a cabin in the woods. <laughs> And uh, they end up becoming a part of the supernatural world. And that's really where we begin. Um, so it's sort of, uh, if you know the show Supernatural, um, you know, it's episodic. It's uh, Creature of the Week. 
And the story uh, really launches with um, Marvel's character, Sean, uh, basically becoming a werewolf and then uh, having to deal with um, everything that that pulls them into this particular forest. Um, I don't want to give away too much of like the bigger lore that we've like discussed mm-hmm. about, but there's a whole other side of this that is unique to trans women as well. That's that's really anchored in um, uh, what we call what we call it Marvel like um, lore that has to do with like the stars, mm-hmm. um, celestial, anchored in um, uh, it really part of like uh, Hinduism um, and and gods that that had. Uh, like intersex, you know, gods. Mm-hmm. So um, there's all kinds of stuff like that, that um, we are reinventing folklore through queerness. So even shows like Buffy, you know, they're reinventing folklore through Joss Whedon. So for us, it's reinventing it through being so trans specific and having the world absolutely flooded with, with transness and queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that there's a lot of like, similarity to us in rocky horror picture show mm. um which is like we're 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 as vulgar as modern shows like pen 15 you know and big mouth right but when we really talk about like what would this be it's really closer to something that was made in 1975 <laughs> um and is still very much with us today we are children of that Um, so when you think about like the sensibilities and almost the, like, is that right to say kind of attitude about it, um, Uh and approach to the queerness, uh, it it reminds me of being just like at a birthday party with a bunch of queer people. Like we were in talking and then we're, we're inviting like cis and straight people basically into that Mm. kind of club, into that world. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to piggyback off that, uh, that Rocky horror reference. I think it's funny. Now I start to feel like a grandpa. And I know that John also, Jonathan also speaks about, you know, feeling like a grandpa in the trans world. Um, not so much as like, you know, Buck Angel is a trampa, a true trampa, but you know, I, I think trunkle. It, yeah, we're trunkles. We're trunkles <laughs> for sure. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I imagine myself as a 14 year old, like quote unquote girl, John, Jonathan has been in very similar spaces where you know, the first time I was in a queer space was actually at a theater watching Rocky Horror, right? This is mm-hmm. pre-social media. This is pre-everything. Um, so the conceptions of trans masculinity are very underrepresented currently still, which we're both working to shift. Um, and also, we did not come of age. We did not understand our queerness mediated through the internet. We really understood it through, actually, for me, live theater and Rocky Horror, um, and having a few theatrical friends who were like, oh, it's cool that you're queer. We're good. You know, I lived in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. So. Yeah, ro- Rocky oh. Horror, Rocky Horror is something that would get to a kid in Salt Lake. Yes. Or a kid being raised like staunchly Irish Catholic in Boston. You know, those are the kind of things that like permeate and so we're looking to be, you know, for lack of a better word, like that iconic mm-hmm. to be, uh-huh. to approach it and be like, you know, everybody else gets to have fun and be weird. You know, you have like American Horror Story with like a poster with a gimp costume on it, you know? So every time we get like any kind of like even pushback, you know, from, from our own community, like, which comes from us being like, can we do that? You know, will we be, will we get Greenland on that? Which is totally fair. Um, You know, we look at that and we go, everybody else, we're going to, we're going to get to play. You know, we Mm -hmm. we're more than coming to the table to like, quote, journey Smollett. We are building our own table. Yeah. It's going to be a better table. frankly. (laughs) I love all of the excitement that you have about this because it's completely infectious. And when I um, was looking at the sort of media promos that you have posted on Instagram and the website, I didn't really realize how dense and rich all of this is. And there was one specific teaser that you sent me that I believe was voiced over by Alexandra Gray, where I really started to pick up this idea of folklore and myths being sort of reoriented and rearranged. And also this cosmos thing coming in before you even, you know, told me that you're 
you're an astrology person, you know. I mean, it's I could I could feel that in there, and there was there was there was a depth to it um, that was involved. So I, I'm 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 very appreciative that you kind of unpacked that for me, and. There was something in the website that stood out to me, and I was hoping that you might be able to kind of unpack it a little bit and explain it a little bit more. And you and you define spookable, and you define it in two sort of in two items. So the first item is is to be identifiably trans, especially in public, and the second is to be able to be scared shitless. Yes. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I do want to so, I, I want to I want to just foremention that we submitted that to a Sundance application and I we submitted it being like, well, we're going to see if this lands on any of these white hetero people. <laughs> Continue. Right. Continue we, we didn't get in. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, actually, it's really interesting. I do want to um, uh, give you a little bit of background. Uh, we had written the story and the, the, the name was a thing that we like had probably like the shittiest names that I've ever bandied about. It was like, who could get the worst one? Um, and neither of us really uh, loved them ever. Um, and then uh, uh, you know, it's a terrible thing that happened, but Laverne Cox was in Griffith Park and got, got, you know, essentially hate crime, got shouted at, and her friend got into a fistfight. And as she's telling that story, she used the word spookable. And something clicked in my head. And I thought, you know, it is like, it is kind of like um, the fear is embodied in the word. You know, your own spookability is is you know that's that goes with the the whole defense that they used to use you know about mm -hmm. trans people like i was so afraid that i attacked a trans person um so embodied in the word is like how it even makes you feel um and like on the outside of course like it can be cuter it can be like you know spooky halloween times you know mm -hmm. that it also invokes that but i we we really believe that it's multi-layered mm -hmm. yeah and the history of the word if you go into the etymological journey of it is etymological etymological when you oh, go yeah. in and, yeah, there we go <laughs> <laughs> there she is um, <laughs> when you go into it you know i had multiple people reach out and they were like you know the the history of the word spook and the history of the word spookable is you know rooted in racist and like nazi ideology totally fair and also you know we've taken all of that into consideration and still feel very strongly about the title partially because um language is constantly evolving language is often taken back by groups um and we also like you know john and i i'll be i'll speak for both of us here when i say like we we like we lean in to the chaos and the perversity of sort of this political correct movement that we're, we're navigating, we lean into these areas that are a little edgy, that they're edgelordy because we're like, look, we need to expand. We need to have dialogue. We can't just be shutting down language and shutting down culture all the time. Mm -hmm. So there, I love that because there's the essence that you can provoke and you can also have social commentary while being entertaining. So you can kind of like hold these two dichotomies at once. And then I always think too, it's like with when um, lang where language is concerned, where where words and terms are concerned, it's like who really owns this word? You know, who who has access to be able to use this word in certain contexts and who doesn't? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and people and and there are people that you know would be in groups sensitive to the title in particular who love the title. So we also like we're listening to all the voices. Some of the voices are louder or on a public forum but we we do like have you know a bunch of people that are really for the title too so mm -hmm. it's an artistic decision mm -hmm. and you know yeah as marvel said we're we sort of call ourselves edge lords every time we're writing a script and like we do something we're like should we yeah we should we're edge lords and then we just kind of scream so mm -hmm. we, we really do like have that kind of energy for it and we think people will take notice and we think that's entertaining yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
And and one other thing I would say about Spookable as a title, which I think, you know, John really just has these moments of, Jonathan has these moments of incredible genius. Um, the, the show is not a, is not solely about a man, a trans man becoming a werewolf. That is sort of this beginning moment. And there is so much more packed into the show, especially with Alexandra Gray's character, especially with this trans woman's arc. Um, and Spookable to me is this beautiful loaded umbrella that can capture every monster that appears every episode is not just tied to the trans man's experience because this is not a show about a trans man werewolf. It's a show about trans people navigating a world full of monsters and also navigating their inner monster, which is mm-hmm. right. This is like what queer Gothic is all about. Um, yeah. It's deep. and It has dick jokes, you know, it's like, <laughs> you <laughs> we know, like to call them deep dick jokes. Um, <laughs> I love that. I mean, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, when we're talking about stuff like this, like thematics, you know, we could get really serious, but we want people to understand too. The vein of comedy here is, is like scary movie. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, just to make it clear, there is a, a cave, full of cum in in the entire series it's the cum cave and it's it's just like a symbolic thing sure and it's about a lot of stuff but it's also like funny as hell um yes yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> conceptually and visually um and and i do i if uh you know any of your listeners have ever uh, watched my digital series bombshell they'll know um i'm the creator of the superhero penis you know i'm i'm like that's my brand of comedy because dicks are hilarious um first of all you know it just the, the concept um of the, the way that it's uh, mm-hmm. the way that it's done up um is kind of amazing but uh but just thinking about like body parts and and uh, bringing cis people into a vein of conversation that a lot of them traverse into thinking about your body like that. Um, so that's, that's where our comedy lives. Is mm-hmm. it like this sort of gross out? It's a little bit overt. And then when you're talking about, you know, uh, the, the deep concepts, there's definitely a lot for people to nerd out on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think I was having a conversation with someone. This wasn't on this podcast; it was on my previous podcast, where we were talking about um, queer queer lenses on horror, and and also um, how there's a lot of conversations right now about like really reinterpreting and reinvestigating um, the queer. I mean, the horror genre as inherently queer. And I think you've said that too with this idea of monsters and and lore and especially Loki, even though they were like, let's, in what was it, the new Marvel or was it, is it DC Comics? They were like, we'll just call Loki bisexual. I was like, you're missing the point there. <laughs> well, yeah, Robin just came out as bisexual too. And, and me and my sibling were both like, that is definitely like a, a lie. He's fully gay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we don't want to push the envelope too much. People might lose their fucking minds. <laughs> He's wearing bikini bottoms, but okay. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so I guess my question is to you, like, where does your inspiration, you know, if horror is a genre that that really speaks to you, I'm wondering where your inspiration comes from in that genre. And then, like, how do you see queer and trans folks showing up in that genre in horror? Um, my, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm just trying to yeah, get in there. Um, I, I would say, well, no, I'm, I see, I feel like you've got, you've got a lot of amazing things to say. And also I'm going to, I'm going to just preface. I'm so sorry. No, it's true. <laughs> just hop right on in. This is chaotic. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. This is the chaos part. This is we the chaos part. Too. Don't be, don't be polite. Um, and I was gonna, okay, go for it. Mark. Yeah. I grew up with two brothers, one of which like cannot modulate the volume of his voice and he speaks over everybody. So I'm always just like, ah, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's a thing. It's I'm a real thing. Red. It's a real thing. Um, I. It's very interesting. I'm so grateful for my collaboration with John because it. When I look at the macro picture, which I love to do, I see my trajectory as a performance artist. You know, this is how I met you, John Moltres. Like, this is how I met you. Mm-hmm. I met Ron Athey. I met a lot of people who, um, even Castles, when you look at their work through a horror lens, it's all there. Like, 
Ron Athey's work, like a lot of queer performance artists are dealing with blood. They are dealing with feces. They are dealing with body fluids. They like uh, performance art is a very visceral sport in a way. And so I look at my performance art career, which did not pay well and still does not pay well. Ron will tell you that. Um, and <laughs> so it's unsustainable as a career, but I look back at that career and I look and I see, oh my God, I was doing the queer Gothic from day one. Like I was living in my, my practice is inherently Gothic. My, my practice is inherently horror in a way. Um, and to kind of my relationship to John has synthesized and brought it into a space where a lot of people can enjoy it. Not, not, you know, I don't have to scare people with my blood anymore necessarily. Not that that's a bad thing. You know, I love my work. I love Ron's work, but I get to expand into a huge audience. Um, and still get to explore those horror tropes and explore the fact that I think as a queer person and especially as a trans person, we are hyper aware of navigating the world as sort of the other, capital O. We are navigating as something that is like not quite integrated. We maybe want to be integrated, but we also are scared. Like the integration is also sublimating. So it's also scary. Um, and parts of our body, you know, John and I both have huge scars on our body. Like that's, that's horror in and of itself. Um, uh, so anyway, these, all these things get to be picked apart and we get to do it in a way where we're having fun, which is amazing. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just an entertainment junkie. So when I approach things, um, uh, it's always through a comedy lens as Marvel will tell you, like if I've approach a conversation if i approach a person it's through a comedy lens usually and that's kind of just who i am but um when we were talking about this we were talking about going hard into a genre and and pairing it with comedy we have another um uh, secret uh show that we're shopping as well that's um uh i would say we would call it like crime and comedy um and 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 spookable is, is a horror comedy so when I'm thinking about my inspiration is what you're asking. I'm thinking Jim Henson. I'm thinking Backstreet's Back, the video, like literally like that aesthetic. I'm thinking Thriller. Um, I'm thinking mm -hmm. Goonies. Um, that's the kind of things that I want to approach it with, make it that fun and entertaining, make it like Buffy. Um, and then we, we just, just, you know, like, uh, just like uh, any other trans writer, we just, bring our queerness and bring our transness to our stories. It's really, unless we're putting a cap on it for some specific reason to write like a Hallmark movie or something about, you know, two straight white people or whatever, then it's there. We don't have to really force that. We live that every day. And we like constantly talk about our personal experiences being like really weird and hilarious um, the things that people just say to us. Um, and then you could just text, you know, a, a trans friend of yours and it's like, can you believe this? This is amazing. I can't believe I wish I had a t-shirt. Like yeah. it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's just these little morsels of humanity. It's not even like most people that, you know, are, we, we're both like, I'm 15 years into my transition. So things like that kind of don't hurt me anymore, but I look at them and I'm like, look at this curio, you know, mm -hmm. so. And we have these moments like we're, we're, I'm, you know, we're working on this scene in episode four where he's running through the woods and it becomes like a Baywatch moment where my character is like, there's a Baywatch moment, right? That's happening. But it's like, it's a trans man's body. So again, mm -hmm. to John's point, we don't have to beat it over the head. It's there. It's, it's still this like Adonis moment for all the people who've seen a, like a quote unquote male body, but then it is complicated by certain elements of my body and cis, maybe even cis straight people, which is like, thank God for Jonathan. Cause he really thinks about that audience. They, they are going to watch that scene and laugh because there's gags in that scene. But also afterward, they're like, Oh my God, I just watched like a trans man strip down and run through the woods. That's crazy. Like that literally the thing that John and I are doing when I really think about it is we're like portal hopping ahead of mm -hmm. the current trans entertainment industry because we're just like, we, it needs to happen. We're ready. Mm -hmm. And that's, and what, what Marvel is talking about too is also that in our story, 
in order to transform, the werewolves have to be naked. So it's like every there's more than one werewolf um, in the pilot, actually. And those people, let's just say, don't have like the same um, body as mm-hmm. Marvel, the same type of body. So we've got all different kinds of people stripping down. And there's like a, a real fun aesthetic to it, uh, to like revealing and to reveal the power or whatever. Um, and so just, I, I actually constantly remind myself when I'm writing any of the scripts that he's, he's naked already, mm-hmm. you know, there's some things that I'm not going to have to put in, even though we're not going to show probably a full frontal unless maybe there's a network <laughs> that really wants mm-hmm. it. But, um, but I think it'll be apparent though, still, um, with everything surrounding it. So it's just kind of interesting to have to actually kind of like pull back. Cause you're like, Oh, like I have everything I need here and I'm entertaining as he says, the cis audience too. And we just, we know that that's a huge audience and, and we, we, as I said before, really want to bring them into the party. Mm-hmm. You know, I love seeing the nuance of transgender identities coming into media, TV and film too, that, that are, that the representation that was it's probably still is a little bit of the representation is more towards passing within this Hollywood sort of standard. Um, but I have been noticing because I've been following Outfest's Instagram and and things like I knew about Lyle Cash's movie Death and Bowling for a while because I gave some money to their fundraiser and I've been looking at the poster for Death and Bowling forever. And now finally I'll get to see it like in a couple of days. And I think, Marvel, aren't you involved? I will. He's, he, you can yeah. peep him. Yeah. I will be. You can peep them in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I will be. um, I will be at that premiere, so I'll see you there. Um, Bless you. I won't be in person. Okay, but okay, you'll be there. Oh, right, right, right. I'll be in. I'll be in the virtual format. (laughs) I'll be there in person. Um, I will say just a shout out to Lyle Cash um, if he hears this that. Lyle Cash is obsessed with werewolves and wolves. So, <laughs> mm. death and bowling werewolves. Yeah, we, here we go. He's, I mean, he's definitely he's someone we've met with um, to possibly be uh, involved in Spookable in some way. But he's also like privy to the project and you know uh, like very obsessed with with the the lore and stuff. And that that to us was actually really meaningful in the beginning because we saw like real time a trans man gets so excited about this concept. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's like, there is just such a limit. Like we know and love the actors that are on the shows right now. They're really great guys. Um, but we would be lying if we said that it's not frustrating to the existing talent, that there's only a certain amount of parts and particularly storylines um, that we can do. So just, you know, this is, this is sort of like our time to be like, we could be a hero. I, I said to Marvel, like, m- you know, maybe a year ago, uh, we could be the new fucking Spider-Man. Like, why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I think that the interest in something like that would be more that they would e- ever understand. Yeah. Um, if they, if you just break the, break the mold. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why we're approaching it with, um, sort of being like, yeah, this is going to be epic. This is going to be Buffy. Um, because when I, you know, was a kid and watching those shows, like the lack of queer ca- characters was really the only thing that I was really missing and queer storylines and yeah. queer juiciness, yeah. you know, so that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to do. And we could, you know, I, I imagine like a little, a little thing to put on top of that for John is I can just imagine the many, many people writing their like graduate thesis on spookable's breakdown of masculinity like as a topic because again obviously trans men are a a major they're they're they are an invisibilized threat like we are made the reason why we don't have a ton of representation currently is because our existence is a really massive threat to conceptions of of maybe archaic masculinity you could argue um in some ways in line with how gay men are perceived as well queer men um queer cis men. So we're, I mean, I love just the many ideas around trans men being on screen in ways that, you know, John is, Jonathan is creating, that we are creating, um, where it's like balls out or, you know, ovaries mm-hmm. out or whatever, all the things out. Right. Ovaries out, uh, and maybe like, 
Um, you know, we have, we're not going to spoil too much of our bigger concepts, but there's ideas of, um, trans men as bottoms, you know, there's, there's like things that we're like, not going to go baby step it to something else that is sort of like a, um, like tailor made to explain it. Um, we really believe that cis audiences will, as they do with RuPaul, Google stuff. If they, if there's a, a queen where it's like, she said something, right? And I don't know what that <laughs> means. You know, go on the Google. That's what the cis people do. And then they find it and then they make the memes and they say it for a hundred years after that. And that's right. what we want. That's what we want. We, we, we don't mind the curiosity, you know, and we don't mind the interest in our stories, but we're gonna like steer this ship now. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because, uh, we're comedy people and actually Marvel and I, in the very, very beginning, tried to write something that was much more dramatic and had a different flavor that this was like a year and two, a half ago, two years ago, yeah, two years. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just like, a, I'm just a square peg going through a round hole right now. I can't even mm -hmm. do this. And Marvel found that he wasn't having fun either, you know? So that was the onus of all of this. You know, that's what we um, said to our executive producer, Zachary Drucker, in our uh, introductory meeting was that, you know, we're, we're here to have fun. Are you, are you ready to have some fun making trans cinema? Cause we are. Um, so I know that sounds like really corny and hurrah, but that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to go on this ride cause I'm making it really fun. Well, nobody wants to hear the lecture. <laughs> no one wants to hear the social commentary lecture. <laughs> yeah. So where are you in the process Yes. It's been, 2021 has been an, uh, an up and down road. Um, we are right. currently talking to production companies. So that's something that we're continuing to work on. Um, we are not interested in doing like a web series format. So we're really focused mm -hmm. on moving in, into a space where we have ample structure, ample financial funding so that the horror, because horror, like horror, I mean, it could be corny, but horror really needs a budget to, to look good, um, to feel good, to feel real. And because we're doing so much comedy in between every horror moment, we need a, a certain quality of production. So we're working um, at this point. The creative is all there. The brilliance is all there, if I may say so. And now it's just about creating the net that's going to hold all of this, creating the boat. The people that followed our campaign obviously know that we did successfully raise 30K. Yeah. Um, that, you know, is on mm. the way to... Congrats. Thank yes, you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, it's tough. And shout out to Ariel Mahler, our campaign manager. She's like one of the most amazing people we've literally ever met. Yes. Um, and she's yes. off to AFI directing program right now. So yes. congratulations, yes. Ariel. Um, but uh, we wanted to say, you know, that that campaign is, it's really just the beginning. Um, a lot of people were confused because they were like, is this a whole TV show? Is this... Uh, um, we did have somebody ask if we were going to make like a 10 episodes, 30 minute TV show. I was like, I, I need to eat. Um, but, uh, but so 30 K, I guess, you know, not to, uh, for people in the industry will know that that wouldn't buy you a sandwich, um, you know, for a week for the whole crew. So, um, that is something where we, we, to Marvel's point, do need more funds. And in that process, we are shopping the series simultaneously. So the idea is that we could make, you know, part of the pilot from that with other exterior funds from a production company, um, or we could make the big leap, um, mm -hmm. which is why we want people to sort of start following the show now and sort of start getting into it now. Um, we have so much um, that is going to be, nerded out on as i said so we're totally into the idea of like <laughs> accruing fans now and we yeah. really encourage people to go and watch all those videos the video that you talked about um and and some of the sizzle stuff that we've seen and just like check it out like right now to, to put support behind it and follow the page um because yeah. we're active we're actively shopping it and it and it's uh 
it's something you're going to want to get into, we think. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, from my witch perspective, the way that you go about the way about you go about sort of like sliding into people's unconscious so they help you manifest things is by is by putting these feelers out and putting Instagram posts out and sending people posters and things like that. Yeah, you do it for a while. They'll, they'll help you manifest. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yes, thank you, now. John. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think I would I would safely say that John and I both wake up every day and think about Spookable at least once a day. Um, <laughs> I'm yes, definitely putting yes. my energy into it. Yeah, that and prayer. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah, it was a chip <laughs> to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. So what is coming up? Um, so you're working on Spookable. Is there anything else uh, coming up immediately for the both of you? I know that, you know, I see other posts of other things going on. And then you have, is the Bombshell series still... Okay. Yeah, basically, I mean, right now, uh, as you mentioned, Outfest is going on right now. So I would shout out uh, Ta, which is a film that I helped produce um, that's uh, about an asexual um, Asian uh, girl who is uh, trying to uh, navigate dating. Um, and it's a drama and it's really interesting. So that's uh, streaming right now. It's Ta, T-H-O. And then um, Bombshell is available on Amazon, Fearless, TLA Video, on Blu-ray. Get it? TLA Video. I used to go to, I used to go to the TLA Video store in Philadelphia when that was still there when I was growing up in the 90s. <laughs> You can buy, uh, you can buy for eight cents. You can watch a minute of it. See if you like it, you know, um, it's on there. It's a really funny, uh, show about, uh, a trans guy who's navigating the shark infested waters of LA's dating scene. And mm. that is with the help of the flying penis that I mentioned. Um, so, uh, yeah, really fun show with, um, splicing, uh, live action and cartoon. Yeah. Mm. Bombshell is amazing. I highly recommend everyone check it out in terms of just understanding what for, like is the foundation of Spookable and the mind behind it in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely informs our comedy for sure. Yeah. And you, and, Marvel? Yes. I mean, Outfest is happening today or tonight is the <laughs> opening platinum party for all the Los Angelinos. Um, and then there's, as John Moltres knows, there is a lot of virtual possibilities happening with Outfest. Um, a big shout out to Damian Navarro, who's the executive director, uh, making it all happen. I will be at a lot of the events. Um, I will be at the opening night tonight. I do have a short film uh, I, I'm the lead in a short film by Jed Bell, which is called The Number 12. And that can be screened mm -hmm. virtually if you want to get a taste for it's my so acting. Fun. It's a really fun um, horror. It's actually horror. There's a horror element to the film. So, of course, horror is following me everywhere. Um, I like to live horror every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I also self-identify <laughs> as a witch. So I, I feel you. Um, yes, I have got that going on. Um and yeah, so it's a really great film. I, I don't know if I'll, I guess the log line without giving too much away because it is a short is that I am a trans, I'm, I play a trans man, which is amazing. I play a trans man who's trying to coerce his friend into transitioning, but he does it through sort of a chaotic horror induced way. Um, <laughs> So we'll say that it's dot, visually dot, dot. like a Twilight Zone episode. Not yeah. to give too much away, but it's yeah. visually uh -huh. like, it really pops. It's it's really great. So. Yeah. And I think you can um Outfest, if you go to the Outfest website, I think they they have put some of these streamable things like on for like a week or two weeks or something. So there's like a little bit of time. And then sometimes I think they keep them maybe up, which is great. Cause I'm like when if it just happens in one time period it's like i can't see it <laughs> yeah yeah um, i think it's yeah, out it's... i think it's outfest.org i'm not sure if i remember but you can check in outfest right. i'm not exactly sure the website but that's a great i mean the the lineup this year is incredible um it's the most i mean every year it gets more diverse but it is the most diverse lineup so far we love to hear it that was I, the oh, goal. I, 
<laughs> and I hope that you get this big corporate sponsorship from Airbnb for putting them in Spookable. That's what we I'm, were working Airbnb, for. if you're listening. <laughs> there are a bunch of corporate sponsorships that are, are possible, actually. There's okay. like three, I think, just in the pilot, and we write them into every episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we're ready. Give us a call. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And what's the handle where people can keep up to date and get all the info on Spookable? Yes. On Instagram. On IG, it's at Spookable underscore show. And then the website. That's ruspookable.com. And it's A-R-U, or A-R-E, excuse me, I'm spelling. (laughs) A-R-E. Y O U spookable.com. Spelled out completely? Yeah. Spelled the way that you oh usually spell God. it. But just, yeah. It's great. The pet the pedagogy behind it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. We're gonna put that um both the Instagram handle and the website too oh, in you. the show Bless notes. You. Because you know things go by really quickly and people, people are driving yeah. their cars. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and um, feel free for everybody who's interested. Um, Jonathan's is do. You, how, what's your Instagram? Which one do you want to use? Yeah, my Instagram. Yeah, my, not my private one. Um, uh, <laughs> what's on that one? Is it pri- Is it actually private? Is the account private? The it's the insane amount of cat pics that I don't want my film friends to have to endure. Um, <laughs> that is what the issue is. Um, no, my production company. Uh, website is Heath and Henshaw, and it's also at Heath and Henshaw. That's H E A T H and Henshaw. Mm-hmm. And then I am at Marvel A Rex, and it's M A R V A L, not as in the universe, not as in bisexual Loki. <laughs> I will have my own universe one day, and it is A L <laughs> Marvel A Rex. And then please check out for all y'all who are interested in our. Um, co-lead alexandra gray she is at alexandra gray official she's amazing um shout out to her and yeah, shout- barely worth talking about because she's so amazing she deserves her own podcast she does episode. oh my god oh john if you, john moltres if you want a- i would love to alexandra <laughs> yeah yes we will i will have to do some reaching out through the internet <laughs> she's so funny Thank you both so much for doing this. I had such a great time hearing all about Spookable and how it's coming to life. And and yeah, and I, I look forward to seeing it in the wolf flesh. Yes. I love, <laughs> Thank you so much, John. I love this Friday the 13th prayer to like make the Frankenstein awaken. We are waking nice. up the creature <laughs> on this Friday 13th. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually thinking what I'm doing today. I'm having I'm having a light meal tonight at 7 p.m. at a vegan restaurant. You know, obviously chaotic, not at all. That is chaotic. <laughs> a light meal. <laughs> I'm of the age now where light meal comes into my repertoire quite often. <laughs> it's fully chaotic and very neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On that note. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Are you an LGBTQ plus identified individual that has a humorous story of failure? Attempted a pandemic hobby that didn't go as planned? A witch whose spell brought unexpected results? Tried cooking a new dish for a dinner party that veered horribly off course? Queer Chaos Podcast wants to hear from you. At this show, we rally around the queer art of failure and experiments that didn't quite make it. Email your funny trips down the tried it lane to queerchaospodcast at gmail.com and your story might land right here on our little show. Please include a first name you'd like to be known by and the city town you're located in. We won't share any other information. We ain't trying to dox a bitch. And please, make it a story and not just the result. Like, my cat puked on my date. Queer Chaos is hosted and co-produced by me, John Malitris, and recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast cover art was created by Evan Lorenzen, who you can find on the Instagrams at Art and Such Evan. That's A R T A N D S U C H E V A N.
Evan is also an amazing tattoo artist based in Denver, so check them out. You can find Queer Chaos on Instagram at Queer Chaos Podcast and online at QueerChaosPodcast.com. If you have some coins you can throw our way, we are on the Patreon, which is linked through our website, QueerChaosPodcast.com. Those coins go to monthly studio fees, website, and admin upkeep. And don't forget to send us your stories to QueerChaosPodcast at gmail.com. Until next show, embrace the queer chaos.